0: You're listening to the Mindful Psychology Podcast, a podcast designed to explore mindfulness, psychology, neuroscience, and various aspects of holistic health. My name is Jen. I'm your host. I'm also a therapist, an educator, and a yoga teacher. Join me and brilliant guests as we explore various topics and offer you actionable steps so that you can be informed and intentional about your health and well-being. Now sit back, relax, maybe take a notebook out, and let's dive in. and welcome to a brand new episode of the Mindful Psychology Podcast. My name is Jen, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Alyssa. Thank you so much for joining me today. Where are you joining us from today?
1: Hi, yes, so I'm joining from Connecticut in America, and it's finally starting to get sunny and warm, so I'm very happy. That's really nice. Spring is the best time,
0: isn't it? Yes, yeah, it looks good instantly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, summer is definitely my favorite season, but spring is always so full of hope (laughs) and Mm -hmm. sunshine. It's nice. Um, So Alyssa, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about who you are, the work that you do, uh, how you got into that work and all of that?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm studying to be a marriage and family therapist at a school here in Connecticut. It's called Central Connecticut State University. Um, I'm also a yoga instructor and a virtual assistant. You know, how I got into this work is a million different directions. I feel like everyone in this field could say the same. But after I graduated from undergrad at UConn, I kind of went out to Montana um, and did some work as a wilderness youth mentor out there. Um, so we did a lot of therapy, you know, on the mountains, skiing, biking, hiking, camping. And that just really built that connection between like the mind and body for me. And I became instantly hooked on the therapeutic world. Um, So everything's kind of just been unraveling from there. And I'm
0: super excited to kind of make this my career and see what I can do with it. That's really wonderful. And so many things that you do. I want to talk about everything that you do, everything that you mentioned, because I think they're all really interesting. And I love another fellow yogi and therapist. That's always fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love that very much. Um, I, I want to see... Uh, how you find yoga and therapy work together when, when they do, or if ever you make those links, how you find that they link together?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I actually was talking to a couple of my friends about this the other day because yoga was my therapy for a really long time, and that's kind of how I got into yoga from the beginning. Um, I was a dancer for 12 years, but a competitive dancer, so that really kind of took a turn. I don't wanna say for the worst, but it's a much different atmosphere than if you practice just kind of traditional dance at a studio here in America. Um, So when I was in college, you know, everyone has some struggles. I was faced with some depression and just uh, an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. And so one day I decided instead of going to the bars that I was gonna start going to yoga classes at a local studio to kind of just reconnect with my love for dance and movement. And just have a healthy alternative to you know going out in the party scene and it just kind of started unfolding from there Um, and i continued to do it for a couple of years and then i decided to jump into yoga teacher training and just learning the different philosophies of yoga and just how connected the mind and the body are and you know whenever i'm feeling anxious now i just kind of get on my mat and even if it's like 10 minutes of flow it just instantly uplifts me and just helps me you know, reconnect and ground. So being able to help other people find that connection with yoga and their body has been tremendous. And I've really loved witnessing that. Yeah, no,
0: definitely. That's, that was really, that's so true. I just find it's so true. And I can really relate to the shift that happens with yoga sometimes, not for everybody, of course, but um, when it, when there is a shift or when you do resonate with yoga or it works for you, it's so powerful what it does. And so I can, I can relate to that um and and with that i also wanted to ask you about your um wilderness therapy and yoga and everything and how it all comes together and what that might look like in progress or in session or in group
1: yeah so it kind of looks like a bunch of different things for me right now but so when i was out in montana it was really cool because it was a residential boarding school and we um you know not every residential boarding school in America, at least has the privilege to be surrounded by beautiful mountains that we were surrounded by out there. So that school in particular really took advantage of the environment to kind of utilize it as a source for healing. Um, And what's really cool is you can kind of combine it all right. So if you're even around, even if you have a patch of grass outside, you can just kind of utilize yoga outside, really ground into the earth and connect with mother nature to be able to, just remember that we're all intrinsically connected and that we can find grounding and healing within nature. Um, So that's kind of my goal going forward. I hope to explore more somatic practices and see where else wilderness therapy can take me, but I've worked at a couple different places and whenever I can hold sessions outside, I try to just because I think we spend so much time, especially now in the pandemic in front of screens inside, Um, so even just getting fresh air is all that we need to make our day a little bit better. So just really bringing my clients back to that has been super beneficial.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I could not agree more. I think getting outside and what a difference it makes even just five minutes or even 10 minutes on the mat. Like you said, I feel like those things, like I I wanted to speak to that because you had said, even if it's just 10 minutes of flow, it makes such a difference. Just breaking the cycle, like just breaking whatever it is that you're doing, even just stretching for 30 seconds we're getting up and doing something different. And then going outside, I find going outside is so powerful. I, I really feel it has such a positive impact on us. Even people who say that they're not outdoorsy. Do you find that too? Like, do you feel like we can all benefit from being outside?
1: Absolutely. And you read my mind because that's something that I kind of wanted to bring to everyone's awareness too, because so often people will come up to me and say, you know, how do I become a yogi? Like, I can't hike, I'm not like as fast as you, or like I don't climb mountains like you do. Like even my friends will be scared to go hiking with um, me and my partner sometimes because they see us hiking in cool places, but there's nothing that's special about us. There's nothing that's special about a yoga instructor versus someone's first day at a yoga class, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're all just beginners and we're all continuously learning. And whether we started yesterday or whether we started 10 years ago, you know, whether we're just recognizing that we want to be outside more, it doesn't really matter. It's just about getting started and about being open and curious um, to kind of make that connection with earth and with your body and being able to be confident that you can do it and that it is going to benefit you right now and in the long run. And that's what I like to share with people. Like sometimes I just took my dog on a 10 minute walk and it was great. Do I wish it was longer? Absolutely. But sometimes 10 minutes is all we have and that's all we need. And it can still have such a great difference in our our day-to-day lives.
0: Yes. Yes. And I don't know why this 10 minutes is really sticking with me today, but like, but like everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, you know, those really, really busy days where you're thinking I have no time to do anything. And then when you do have 10 minutes between meetings or whatever it is, you're like, well, I just have 10 minutes. Let me just send a few emails. And that's, that's fair too. Like if you have to send them, you send them, but that time that you write off to do more work. Could be spent doing something else, and it does make a big difference. You want to easily write it off and say, you know, I don't need to. I can't. I don't have enough time to go take a break or take <laughs> a break. But you do. You have time. You can. Those are ten valuable minutes. You know. And I don't know. It's it's really sticking with me today because I know. Absolutely,
1: I agree, and I think too. What I've recognized, especially. You know, I have been a lot busier as I just make a bunch of different transitions in my life recently. But sometimes when I take that 10 minute walk or take even five minutes to just do a couple sun salutations, Mm
0: -hmm. my mind
1: is so much clearer and I'm able to get more work done in a shorter amount of time instead of, you know, burning myself out, just trying to bang out like more emails and more posts and more essays and whatever it is that I'm kind of working on at that time. So really just... using nature and yoga as a way to press the restart button, no matter if it's, you have an hour every morning or you just have five minutes in the middle of your day after you eat your lunch. Um, I think it's so,
0: so important. Absolutely. And speaking of which, you, you had mentioned, you know, time in the morning. Do you, what do you feel about morning and nighttime routines? Do you incorporate yoga or, or nature walks in the morning and in the evening as well?
1: Yes. So I try to as much as I can. And this is another thing that, I try to advise to anyone I'm kind of working with because I think we can get so stuck in being perfect with that, right? So we see people who work out at 6 a.m. every morning and then they read a book and turn off their phone every night for an hour. And that's great. And I honor that in some people's lives, but that's not what it looks like for everyone, right? So I definitely try to create some sort of routine, but I also don't beat myself up over it if it doesn't happen. And I allow myself grace to kind of Do what I need to do. So there are some things that I try to get done every morning and try to follow through. Um, But again, that might change. So some days I wake up and the night before I was like, okay, I'm going to do yoga tomorrow. But instead, it's sunny in the middle of winter, so I'm like, nope, I'm going to go outside and go for a walk. So just being able to have that flow and know that there is some semblance of structure, so you have that built into your day, is great. But also being open
0: to the other possibilities that might come your way. Yeah, absolutely. I am asking because I'm really big on like evening and morning routines only because they've been things that I struggled with in the past, (laughs) like just not being able to wind down properly and start up properly, you know? And so morning routines and nighttime routines are really important. And I completely agree with what you're saying. Like you tell yourself, yeah, I'll do my yoga. I'll take my time. I'll journal. Like, (laughs) like I'll do everything, but rarely do I actually do all of those things. And I probably shouldn't be saying that, but I really don't. Like it happens. I get, you know, stressed or I get, or I just don't have as much time Or I thought, you know, I'll actually just sleep a bit more. Or like you said, I'll go for a walk. And, and I think there's something to embrace in that. Like the freedom is what we're going for, right? We're trying to create space. So it's, it's easy to then reconfine ourselves in that space, but you're trying to create the space. It's it's Mm -hmm. counterproductive if you're like reconfining yourself in that space, you know? So it's helpful to, like you said, give yourself grace and, and know that it just looks different. Um, sometimes. So
1: I like, yeah, definitely. And I think something that I kind of recognize in what you're saying too, is that you listen to your body, right? So you had mentioned that some days you just need some extra sleep and that's what your body needs. And I think that's why I also find yoga and just immersing yourself in nature is so important is because you can realign with your intuition and you can kind of open that conversation with your body. So you can listen to what it's telling you, right? Because our body and our souls and whatever you believe in knows a lot more than we give it credit for. So I think when we suppress that and just always live from our mind, then we kind of miss those signals that it's giving us. So I think that's, for me what 's been most important in kind of building those connections in relation to routines for
0: sure yeah, definitely, and just reconnecting to the body as well it 's so easy for us to get completely disconnected from our bodies and have no connection whatsoever and there 's something so beautiful that happens when we reconnect right and and I know there are different reasons for why this can happen um, and why it does happen, but recreating that connection or fostering that connection can be so therapeutic you know and important so I like that aspect of it as well. Um, and actually with that, I was wondering, um, you talked about some somatic experience as well. Could you unpack that a little bit for the listeners? Yeah. So
1: I am not trained in somatic experience. I'm actually super curious about it myself and hoping to learn more along the way. But, you know, it's more of like that up and coming um, trend, I guess, that you're seeing more and more therapists and life coaches talking about and working with, but there's a reason to that, right? So again, just kind of using different ways um, to reconnect to our body and reconnect to Nature is so important, and for me, and it sounds like for you as well, it's been yoga. Um, but that's not what it's going to be like for everyone, and mm-hmm. that's what I try to tell some of my clients too. You know, not all of them are super into yoga, mm-hmm. so it's finding what works for you. And for me, that's what I found. Different somatic experience practitioners have kind of voiced. Um, and again, I I don't really know too much about that training or certification, but I think it's embedded in the fact that we're all humans living in a body, right? So how do we connect our mind and our body to live a life of peace and calmness and happiness? Um, so really, if yoga is not for you, that's fine. Maybe it's walking, maybe it's Tai Chi, maybe it's, you know, karate, maybe it's kickboxing, the gym, it can be really anything. But again,
0: just building that connection. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I really, I really like that. And I like the the like how we can use that as a complement to therapy too. Like it's therapeutic as well. It's not, you know, um, you don't have to use them at the same time and you don't have to be a therapist to, to to do all of these things, but I love the way they come together. I don't know why, but I just think it's so beautiful to match these two things. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's just- yeah, so I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just helpful. And, and I think too, what we said about routines or how we don't always stick to them and whatever, I find that- being aware of these things and understanding that it doesn't always have to look the same way. Your routine doesn't have to look the same way. What you fill your routine with also doesn't have to be the same way. Like you said, it could be kickboxing, it could be walking. It could be anything really that connects you back to that. But I truly believe that having that connection really helps you in your healing journey. I really believe that uh, to to be true. So, um,
1: yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think off of that too, something that just came to my mind is knowing what works best for you. Right. Cause like you had mentioned for you, you need that structure and routine. And for me, I need the opposite. I need to be able to flow because I get so stuck in like structure and routine. Um, and everyone's different, right? Like I can honor your experience and my experience looks a little bit different, but finding what works best for you, because I think so often we can go online, we can talk to our friends, we can even have biases with like our therapist or whoever it is that we're working with our coworkers. Um, and just try to model that because it seems like they're so happy doing this. So I Mm -hmm. should try it too. Happiness and contentment and what works best for your mind and body are so different from the next person. Mm -hmm. And even within like a yoga practice too, like for me lately, I I've needed more of that, like restorative and gentle, But a year ago, I was going to every hot yoga class that I could possibly go to because that's what I needed in my life. Um, So it really just depends. So I think being open to trying different things and just recognizing what you need as an individualized person, but also that that may change over time as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I don't even want to say anything and mess that up. That was, yeah, that's perfect. Um, And that makes perfect sense. And I think it's definitely something to keep in mind. I especially like, I just want to say, when you said that oh they look so happy I should try that that's such a big piece it's so easy to look and say like well they just look so happy and healthy but it doesn't mean that it's going to make you even well a happy but like you said content it doesn't mean that it's going to have the same effect at all or or even you know and you don't even know what effect it's having for them right like it's just that it seems like right um, I mean we're hoping of course that we're all happy and healthy but you know, it's different for all of us, so I like that, um, and in line with this, I wanted to talk about how, so you're also a virtual assistant, you're also studying right now, so why don't you talk to us a little bit more about the studies that you're doing, and how you're balancing all of this, um, like you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely, so um, I am in year two of my marriage and family therapy program, so I have next year, and I'll graduate in May of 2022, so it's been a lot, I won't lie. Um, graduate school is definitely tough, I think, no matter what you're studying, but it definitely pushes you to kind of, I think, become a better person and just learn what matters to you most and learn um, how to set those boundaries and what's really important for you right now. So. You know, I'm currently leaving my full-time job to kind of pursue the virtual assistant stuff until I graduate so I can focus more on my studies and my internship. Um, so even in that, I think it was, it was really scary because a lot of people don't know how we can still, unfortunately, make a living while we finish out grad school just because the requirements are really demanding um, and it takes up a lot of our time. But it pushes you outside of your comfort zone and it's really done that for me as well and being able to think outside of the box and think you know, this is how I thought it was going to be, but it's not going that way. So, you know, how can I take advantage of what's around me? Um, And actually speaking of Instagram last year, when I started kind of worrying about all of this, Mm -hmm. I had seen a post from a a gal who's also in an MFT program and she was starting a community of virtual assistants for future therapists. And I was like, no way, that's crazy. Like, how is this possible? Um, So I kind of reached out to her and asked her a little bit about what she was doing because like I said, at that time, I was just like, how am I going to make this all work? So it just seemed too good to be true. But part of what I hope to do in the future is private practice. So I kind of want to be my own boss and make my own rules and have my own theoretical framework of what therapy looks like and what services I can offer people. So private practice is definitely the route to go for me. However, in almost every school that I've heard of and talked to people who are part of, they don't teach you about private practice and they don't tell you the back end of things. Um, They just kind of more advertise to go the agency route, which is fine. And, you know, that's the route that some people want to take. But you know, being a virtual assistant, I've been able to connect with private practice therapists from all around the world um, and kind of see what they do and how they do it and how they support their communities. And it's just been so incredible to kind of continue my learning outside of the classroom and outside of my internship to be able to kind of set myself up for the future. So it's been really interesting.
0: Yeah, that makes no. That makes a lot of sense, and good for you, honestly. Doing all of these things, I think it's amazing that you're balancing all of that. I really do. Um, <laughs> and it's it's hard work, and it's these different things as well. You know, it's a it's. I always find it even more impressive when it's these different types of things. You know what I'm saying? Like the the studies, the virtual assistants, the other stuff. I think it's a nice uh, balanced diet. If you say, if you, you know what I mean, like it's very varied. I think it's really cool. <laughs> I don't yeah. really- I think it's great. Yeah, thank you.
1: It's funny, too, because my program is um, kind of founded in internal family systems and IFS, which is known as Parts Work, too. So the whole idea is that we have self, which is kind of all of our parts are aligned and in place, and we're kind of leading from this curious, compassionate, confident place Um, but then we also have all these different parts of ourselves from just different things Um, you know trauma in the past different experiences different interests and for me I think doing all of these things at once has really helped me kind of tend to all of my parts because I have a lot of different interests and want to explore different things so I can kind of do that all at the same time
0: yeah yeah, totally. And I actually wanted to talk a little bit about, mean, since you're doing this and you're into all of this, um, if anyone's wondering how, like if there are any clinicians here or future clinicians here listening, well not here, but you know, listening, um, yeah. who are wondering like how to balance those two things. So I don't know what the rules are in the U S but um, how would you incorporate the two? Can you as a therapist also uh, employ yoga where you are into your, your uh, sessions and um, and, and, and that kind of thing? Yes. So for the most part, absolutely. So I'm a registered
1: yoga teacher. So I have that credentialed and I'm insured um, to do so as well as, you know, I'm working under right now in my internship, someone else's license and I have my own student insurance to provide therapeutic services. So you are able to kind of cross over the two as long as, again, your credentials um, allow them to. Mm-hmm. And that kind of also depends on, where you're working as well. So I know it happens a lot more in private practice just because you have the autonomy over that agencies and hospitals and different places like that. It does get a little bit trickier sometimes just because they may have their own rules and regulations. So it really goes, um, from like place to place, but all of the agencies that I've worked at here in Connecticut have been so excited to kind of have me on board to provide yoga services as well. Mm -hmm. um, where I'm interning as well as where I'm working currently um, I deal with a lot of individuals with substance abuse so I was recently I went through the yoga for 12-step training Um, so I am a certified yoga for 12-step facilitator as well as a recovery coach so I am allowed to also provide those services too so it's yeah yeah and which I think is great because I think um, the more you know and the more you're allowed to offer Mm -hmm. it can really serve people in different ways and it it may not be for everyone. And I definitely try not to push that onto my clients. Um, because again, it's not everyone's cup of tea, which is totally fine, but if they're open to it, I definitely love to incorporate it.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I do as well, and it's yeah. No, you're. It's not for everybody. Some people are like, no, no, no. I'm I'm not so into that. Like, I would like it a bit more like this, and then and, and that's fine. But um, but definitely, it's fun when you can incorporate both. I mean, it's all fun. Um, I'm, it's all fun. But it's particularly fun when you can, <laughs> when you can incorporate the different things, right? I find so okay. that's cool. And um, and a little bit about licensures, because again, I don't know. So you're a, you're going to be licensed in Connecticut, right? Yes, so yes. licensing is quite
1: interesting here in America. Yes. Um, so yeah, I will be licensed as a marriage and family therapist, so what that means is I went to um, graduate school in a marriage and family therapy program. I have done a practicum which i'll be completing soon, and then I will go into my internship um, so practicum has to be three hundred hours and then your internship has to be five hundred and then once you graduate you get an associate's license. So all that means right now is that you just pay a fee and you get a piece of paper that says you're an associate of marriage and family therapy. I think eventually they might make us take a test, Um, but then we have to provide a thousand hours of direct care and get a hundred hours of supervision and then we can become a licensed marriage and family therapist while also passing the test so we do have like a boards test but we can kind of take that at any time after we graduate but we have to have the tests and the hours to then become licensed
0: 50%. okay yeah yeah makes sense all right and uh I think that makes perfect sense See, yeah, I couldn't have spoken to that so thank you <laughs> um so that's great and so now and you start your hours as you're doing your master's right
1: so no, we, our hours don't technically start until after um, we graduate. But thousand
0: hours are, are after, yeah. Yeah, we do the internship and the practicum during. Okay, okay. that makes sense. All right. Well, thank you for answering that question. Um, and then, for in terms of uh, virtual assistant services, what kind of thing do you help therapists with?
1: Yeah, so I really am open to helping anyone with anything that they would need support with, but most of my work has been with social media management. So I create graphics, I write captions, um, I do write like show notes for podcasts as well as create the graphics um, for that. I write blog posts. Um, I help with course creation. You know, it's really kind of as it comes up for the therapist, whatever they need help with. Um, a woman who actually is local, she's going to have me start doing some uh, teen groups. So I'll be doing teen yoga as well as some. I think we're going to call it like Zen time for elementary school kids. Just ha- so how do you they use their senses to kind of ground themselves and find calmness throughout their day? But obviously, wording it for elementary school kiddos. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of different things that I can help out with. And it's, it's been really fun to just kind of connect with everyone. And again, learn, you know, how do you market yourself as a private practice clinician?
0: And what else do you have to worry about? Um, so it's been cool. That's really cool. Honestly, I'm so amazed by you. I think that's so awesome. <laughs> this is also cool. Um, and there's so much that you can offer. That's great. And I think I mean, for sure, you've, you've spoken to someone, or some or many someones who want to connect with you. So if anybody does want to connect with you, or when they you know, as they're thinking this, how can they connect with you? I'll add all of this info in the show notes. So how can they?
1: Yeah. So my website is actually going to launch in the next couple of weeks. So I'm super excited about that. But I'm on Instagram at Alyssa Ray Therapy. And then you could also email me at Alyssa at That's really so you- fun.
0: Hopefully when the episode comes out, you will be live. So I'm just going to, you know, and I can, and I can adjust the, the show notes and you can be live. So That would be great. Yeah. And, uh, all right. So I'll put all those things in the show notes and I just want to thank you so, so much, Alyssa, for all the information that you've shared. And hopefully if you're open to it, uh, coming back on again, so we can continue talking about all these great things. Absolutely. I would love that. It's been so great. Yeah. I would really love it too. Thank you so much. Thank you.